Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Zoom just rolled out a new feature called attendance status that makes it easier to see who's at a meeting and whether anyone showed up late. Which is why they're changing the name from Zoom to NARC. And now Skype is trying to capitalize on this. That's right, their new motto is Skype, where snitches get stitches. So AOC is denying that smash and grabs are happening, which is so very strange. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, and everybody's ganging up on her. Poor little, cute little AOC. Everybody yelling at her just because she's a moron. I'm sorry, did I say I didn't mean to say she that? She got them real tries. She does have them. She got she them. Got em. Oh, she got them, yeah. A couple of China-related stories for you. 60 Minutes did an interesting, uh, somewhat troubling story last night on the Chinese economy. What was especially interesting to me was that they had a woman who was clearly... Clearly, a Chinese communist flack. She was. She's a, a, an economist and a professor. I can't remember what university it slipped my mind, but um, prominent university teaches econ uh, there. But her dad is one of the richest Chinese bankers. She's obviously got ties to the regime. And uh, and at one point, uh, Leslie Stahl or whoever it was asks this woman. Um, and Michael, it's going to be click, click 61 if you want to get that ready, but asks whether uh, Xi Jinping's crackdown on rampant capitalism is killing the golden goose. And here's what she says. To the West, it looks like she is killing off the golden goose, sabotaging what has made China the economic power that it is. That is a complete uh, misinterpretation of what is going on. China is tackling the most intractable problems of Western capitalism ahead of the West. The concept of reducing income inequality has to be done all over the world, except that China is just much faster at implementing some of these policies. Don't let the unaccented English fool you. She is actually a she's a a, a a spokesperson for the Chinese communists, and she taught at the teaches at the London School of Economics, which I mostly know because that's where Mick Jagger went uh, before he dropped out to become a uh, R and B singer. Um, and she was also a World Economic Forum young global leader. What's the story? Sixty minutes. Do you just trust your viewers so much? That, that they figured out because of who her dad is and, and all the things she said. She is obviously a spokeshole for Xi Jinping. But it was weird that they didn't make that, um, that they didn't make that clear. It's as if they were, I mean, it's not like they would, they would put on like Osama bin Laden's spokesman without making it clear the ties. And just to have somebody saying, you know, Osama did a lot of good things. He was a fine leader. He just he just didn't want the oppressive Americans in his homeland. That's all. Without again making it clear who this guy was and who he represents. So it was it was kind of interesting uh, on that score. It was also interesting in that uh, Xi Jinping has obviously decided that he can he can muzzle and rein in capitalism and ride it. He's not going to let it, the free markets roll the way free markets do, and they're going to go the way they're going to go, and he's going to try to nudge it this way and that. No, no, indeed. He's going to put it in a harness like a, a dog or a mule and try to direct it. Uh, I think he's going to find out uh, to his detriment that that's not, not the way, uh, that's not the way uh, uh, capitalism works. You can't. 
socialist economies always sputter and, and, and crumble. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, speaking of China, um, a couple of things. Number one, China is appearing to eye its first permanent military base on the Atlantic Ocean. Hello. U.S. officials citing classified American intelligence reports told the Wall Street Journal Beijing is eyeing Equatorial Guinea's port city of Bata for the base. African country right there near the equator uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. They say there's already a deep water port there that's been upgraded by China Road and Bridge Company. Ah, the whole Belt and Road Initiative. I have a feeling Equatorial Guinea is way into debt uh, with China which is like being way into debt with a mobster. That's the last thing you want to be. Don't and that's trust how China. China. No, don't trust China. That's the way uh, China is projecting its power. It takes these third world countries or these struggling countries, and it, 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 it gives them a new port and with, on a nice payment plan, knowing that there's no way the country can keep up the payments. Then all of a sudden they own them. They own the country because they're so into debt. And so we are through diplomatic channels trying to uh, um, hmm, exercise influence in equatorial guinea through their fine president uh, teodoro unpronounceable 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 the guy has four names how many names is enough uh but we're, we're going to bribe him that's what foreign policy is that's what that's what foreign aid is in a lot of cases it's bribery you got countries on the fence they going to build a base for China, or are they going to say, no, we don't want your uh, your base, China, and by the way, uh, our, our rich Uncle Sam just gave us a check to pay you off so we're not in your debt anymore. That's what uh, a lot of foreign aid is. Some people get mad about it. It's it's a real politique. It's the way the world runs. You bribe people to be your friends. It just is. So uh, we've got that going on. Obviously, a Chinese military base on the Pacific would be uh, pretty weird and, and pretty uncool as they try to solidify their control over the South China Sea and parts of the Pacific. And one more China-related story, and this has to do with the Olympics. Jake Tapper is an interesting guy. He, uh, We used to talk to him on a fairly regular basis. Uh, a very moderate guy, a smart guy, and a fairly honest guy. Then he went to CNN, and of course you check your soul at the door working for CNN. But uh, occasionally he finds it again, takes it out of the closet and uses it. And he was talking uh, yesterday about uh, China and the Olympics, and I thought it was really good. Clip number 70, Michael. Now, not only is the International Olympic Committee, which will hold the 2022 Winter Games in China, not only is the IOC not raising its voice in solidarity and protest, the IOC is helping the Chinese government by providing them cover. On November 21st and then again last Wednesday, the IOC told the world that they had held video calls with Peng Shui. For neither call did the IOC release the video or even a transcript. The IOC has not mentioned her allegations of sexual assault, nor would the IOC explain who set up these calls. The IOC is behaving like a mob lawyer. Then he went into some of the difficulties certain people are finding with standing up to the Chinese. 71? Of course, Apple and Nike publicly claim to decry slave labor. But to be clear, The behavior we are seeing from U.S. corporations is not about a company surviving. It's about discontent with just hundreds of millions of dollars, desiring instead billions of dollars. And those riches, they create blinders so that you get comments like this one about the Chinese government this past week from billionaire hedge fund manager 
Ray Dalio. As a top-down country, what they're doing is that it's that kind of like a strict parent. They behave like a strict parent, and they go through that. That is their approach. We have our approach. A strict parent, just like, you know, Casey Anthony. Uh, wow, that was, uh, that was brutal, and then he brings it home in the next one. Disney, of course, bought the rights to The Simpsons for its streaming service. And this last week, we learned that this 2005 episode, which shows The Simpsons in Beijing's Tiananmen Square, the site of a brutal crackdown on pro-democracy protesters, a sign reads in the Simpsons episode. On this site in 1989, nothing happened. And that episode, that's not available for Disney Plus subscribers in Hong Kong. Disney has not responded to requests for comment. That Simpsons episode in Hong Kong disappeared like Peng Shui, disappeared like citizen journalist Zhang Zhen, whom the Chinese government has locked up for telling the truth about COVID-19, disappeared like the consciences of the millionaires and billionaires in Hollywood and the NBA and the IOC and Wall Street are all so eager for Chinese cash. They are pretending none of this is happening. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. Wow. Jake, my man, high five. Great stuff. There's so much stupid during the Trump years, including, and this is, given the, you know, the slavery and the genocide and the stealing our intellectual secrets and our uh, industrial secrets and the brutal expansion of the Chinese uh, military footprint and the lying in the South China Sea uh, about their intentions and they're building those military bases. Uh, let's see, what have I left out? Ah, predatory trade practices. I could go on and on. Anyway, during the Trump years, Because Trump was so hard on China, one of the best things he did, absolutely at the top of the list. And because most quote-unquote China hawks are on the right, the numbskulls of the left soft-pedaled objections to China's actions. If Trump was for it, i got to be against that. They said with their their, their knee-jerk, with the intellect of an amoeba. Never mind like a, like a parrot. A parrot is way smarter than an amoeba. These people just rejected it because Trump was in front of it. It was before it. So I am encouraged that Jake Tapper, though I would describe him as a moderate lefty. I mean, he's not a squad guy. Um, the fact that he would, with that much vehemence and eloquence and, and that lack of holding back, unleash on China like that, on CNN, uh, that gives me hope. That gives me hope that America and Americans are starting to wake up to the threat we face. It almost never happens in history that you wake up to the threat early enough um, to prevent uh, certain amounts of ugliness. Ask uh, Winston Churchill about that. Um, but better late than never. Better late than later. So I say, well done, Jake Tapper. All right, I'll explain the AOC thing. I've been trying to figure out if she's just wily or crafty or playing a dumb chick or if she's actually a dope. I'm starting to lean toward actually a dope. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Amon Ross, they brought the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! Wow, that's so interesting. You know, on a psychological level, that's your Detroit Lions. Had been winless all year. Haven't won a game. They finally win a game. The crowd's just going ape-poo. The announcers are overjoyed. that They're rushing the field. Everybody's coming together. It has to do with expectations, you know? And then uh, just it, it, improvement, wanting to be trending in the right direction. Good for them. It's kind of a sad sack story, but good for them. They won a game. You know, I kind of wondered why my old buddy Rich, the bass player, hadn't been bringing up the lines this year. Now I know why. Okay, so uh, dope or or crafty strategist, AOC. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I think I may be back to crafty strategist. I don't know. Here's the story. She's doing an interview with the Washington Times, which is a conservative newspaper. And, uh, you know, credit to her for actually sitting down with them. I'm not quite sure why she did. But. They were bringing up all the smash and grab robberies, the organized retail theft and, and everything like that we've been talking about. And, you know, I could list them all for you from, from, uh, the Bay Area of San Francisco to, to LA to all over California. Honestly, uh, to Sacramento just had a giant armed jewel robbery. Uh, Chicago, it's, it's just happening everywhere. And we've been talking about this. We get the emails from all you good folks who are working in uh, retail or security or whatever saying, Oh my God, there's an email from a, a bloke works in Redmond, Washington. Rampant theft in Redmond. So it's just happening everywhere. Society's breaking down. So the uh, Washington Times asks AOC about this, and the uh, cute little congresswoman says, and I quote, "Um, A lot of these allegations of organized retail theft are not actually panning out. I believe it's a Walgreens in California cited it, but the data didn't back it up. Well, the reaction was swift and astounded. Uh, various people acted all uh, aggrieved. Uh, Jim Banks, who's an Indiana Republican, called the remarks tone deaf and offensive. But uh, most other people just said, for instance, the uh, look, everybody. Hey, Michael, play the uh, door opening. Hey, everybody. Look, it's Jack. I'll tell you about my ER experience next segment. But I uh, was listening with the Uber driver on the way here. Really? I don't think he was digging your act. But anyway, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, so criticizing uh, his land. But anyway, um, uh, oh, 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 a Russian fellow. Um, uh, I have the same question you have about this AOC quote, though. Yeah. What's the deal there? Does she does she know what she's doing or not? I was leaning toward crafty strategist. Then I thought, no, Gotta she's be. just a dope. No, can't be. But then. <laughs> Then I mean, back toward crafty strategies. Let me hit you with a couple of quotes first. The whole, I don't think uh, the data didn't back it up, said the uh, senior executive VP of communications for the National Retail Association. Uh, Respectfully, the congresswoman has no idea what she is talking about. (laughs) That's the respectful version. Both this data and stack of video evidence make fairly clear there's a growing problem in need of solutions. She's not concerned with organized theft and increasingly violent attacks on retail employees. She should just say that. You know, it is possible 
that whole New York, D.C. crowd, they live in such a bubble world. I mean, just it's weird that so many people get their information from a crowd of people that have the least idea what your life is like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they may have less idea what your real life is really like than anybody else in America. Um, But here's another quote. This happens to be from an Illinois Congress fellow, but he says, and you don't really need much data from some place like San Francisco or California. All you have to do is walk down the street to the CVS in Eastern Market. He's talking about the uh, neighborhood just about a mile away from the U.S. Capitol. I've seen on multiple occasions when I've been in there buying things, someone will just come in, empty the shelves, and walk out. Well, Walgreens said, uh, organized retail crime is one of the top challenges we're facing. And it's evolved beyond shoplifting and petty theft to the sale and counterfeit of, uh, sale of counterfeit goods online. In fact, Walgreens in San Francisco spend 46 times the national average for security. Well, didn't they close 17 stores or something? So, yeah. And so in the very, very little time we have left, what I think AOC is doing is our side is always right. There's no problem with our plans. Marxism is great. Socialism is great. These problems they're talking about don't exist. Don't even listen. Just tune on Joy Reid. Tune into MSNBC and you'll be fine. Everything's great. So I have to learn how to live without a gallbladder, apparently. That's going to be my new uh, exciting uh, chapter of my life. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm on hydromorphone dilatated. That's what I'm on. Oh, I've, I've heard of that last word. So I'm kind of high. So I, I can, I'm just stoned. So I could say, wow, cool. I could say anything. And before I get to my story, I Ubered here from the ER. How how much do you tip Uber people? Because I got to pay them. I thought the, uh, I thought they were getting. I thought the tip was like part of the whole payment, or is that not the way it works? I haven't Ubered for a while. Uh, I don't know if things have changed, honestly. And their choice here for adding a tip is 15, 20, or 25%, which seems extraordinarily high. Doesn't it? Hmm. 15% would a $20 ride. That'd be, no. no. That's three bucks, right? $40 ride? Yeah, cheapskate. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Was it a good ride? Did you like the driver? Did he get you where you're going? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you tip on an Uber. If anybody knows, text line 415-295-KFTC. So here's how I end up with the ER. In uh, the middle of the night, I get struck with, uh, I be, uh, I'm awoken by, uh, awakened by pain. Pain in my stomach woke me up last night. Not good. High stomach, like clear up just below my sternum. Mm. And uh, I don't know if I remember that. This a uh, couple of weeks ago, if I don't remember if I mentioned that, but I'd had it because I like really overdid a bunch of greasy food and stuff like that, and decided you know, mm-hmm. I can't do the cheeseburger for lunch and then bacon for dinner or whatever. I gotta you know come back a little bit. Anyway, um, I got this thing last night and it it just it was bad and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then I was thinking about my niece, who uh, she had uh, she's had uh, gallbladder problems since she was a teenager. I mean, so some people are just genetically whatever. Also found out that blood uh, cancers like I had can uh, make your gallbladder go to crap. So, but anyway, huh. this pain got just got worse and worse and worse. And I'm pacing around the house, 
for about an hour. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't know what to do because I'm alone with Henry. And uh, I called the advice nurse. I'm I'm like, I got my door shut and then another shut door shut in the hall so he doesn't hear me yelling because I'm yelling all the time. Just, ah, God! Oh. <laughs> so I called up the advice nurse and I'm talking to her saying, what? What should I do? She says, I think you need to call 911. I said, you think so? Or why can't I drive? She said, you can barely talk. You can't drive. You got to call 911. That's why she's the advice nurse. That's some good advice. Yeah, but my my son has been to the ER a couple times in the last couple of months. He suffers from anxiety. I thought, this is not going to be good. Waking him up in the middle of the night and taking him to the ER, but I didn't really have any choice. So I go and wake him up and tell him I I, I call 911, and then I tell him we're going to the ER. I don't feel good. I'm going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine, but I don't feel good. And he's, he's getting, he starts getting a little panicky. And uh, it takes longer than, you know, I would like to have taken. It probably wasn't very long, but I'm literally writhing on the floor. I've never written. Is that the past tense? Mm, sure. Close enough. I've never writhed in pain in my life. Like, briefly, you know, like, yeah, you get hit with a baseball or something. Say, ah! Jeez, you hop around and everything like that. But it's sure. for like an hour and a half, I rolled around on the floor Oy. cussing and moaning. I've never had a pain even close to this bad. Not even close. Like Oy. a different world of pain that I didn't know existed. The old cuss and moan. Oh, it was hmm. just horrible. And my poor son, he's scared to death and everything like that. Anyway, the uh, f- fire truck. Comes. So I'm sure you're trying to reassure him. When you're not talk. dying in between, you know, crying out like you're dying. Holy cow. I'm sipping coffee right now, hoping to God it doesn't send me back into uh, pain. But anyway, so fire truck gets there and the EMT people and everything like that. And Henry unlocked the door. They come in and they ask all kinds of questions. They're trying to figure out if you're having a heart attack. They try to figure out if you're a drug addict who's overdosed. Those seem to be the first two things that they're in, they're wondering about. Well, given the numbers yeah. recently, yeah. you know. It's probably yeah. the most likely thing that happens at 2 o'clock in the morning, heart attack or uh, somebody ODing on their drugs. Hmm. And I told them, I, I, no drugs, no drinking. I'm, I don't think I'm having a heart attack based on, uh, you know, all the symptoms I know about and everything like that. Um, anyway, so they strapped me to a gurney and... Um, and uh, and we head out onto the ambulance, and and Henry goes with me in the ambulance, and the and the firemen EMT people are being really nice with him and everything like that. Oh, that's really sweet. Good. Yeah, that good for really them. Good. Yeah, we get to the we get to the hospital. Um, they they oh geez, so riding in the uh, the ambulance thing, and I only live like two miles from the hospital, which is handy. But uh, so I'm just in so much pain, and I've said, is there anything you can do for this? Because this is brutal, and um. And uh, so they got to get an IV started in my hand. And I'm just like, I can't hold still. I'm, sh- I'm freezing cold. I'm shaking. I'm waving my arms around. I can't hold oh, still. I'm in so much pain. And he, at some point he says, you have got to hold still. He yells at me. Oh, okay. I'm trying to hold my arms still or whatever. I don't know. You yell at me. I'm in a lot of pain over here. Yeah, hey, that's a little rude. <laughs> anyway, I'm having a rough night over here. He has a hard time. It's probably why I got this big bandage on my hand. Is because he had uh, many goes at trying to get oh, the IV started in my oh, hand. You're killing me. People many are years. right there. They're they're going off the road right now. Many. That's why he was yelling at me. I think because he was probably you know uh, you know when you're failing at something. <laughs> but not his fault though. We're on a bumpy road going around corners, and I'm waving my arms around. No, but gee, man. I don't know how many times he jabbed me. I'm guessing six. <laughs> but it was it hurt too. Anyway. Uh, so he's get the IV and everything like that, and then when 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 we get to the ER little circle there, like you have in front of every hospital in the world, and then they get me on in the gurney, 
Henry gets out, and the poor guy, he said, I'm not feeling so good. I can tell he's really nervous about being at the ER. He throws up three times Oy. between the hosp- the ambulance and the door. Poor guy. Ah, jeez, what a brutal situation for him. Gee, money. Uh, anyway, they get me in there and uh, continue to writhe in pain for quite a while before they get me on the Dilaudid, and then the pain uh, pretty quickly just disappears completely. So that's some good stuff right there. You want to be a junkie? You don't want to feel nothing? I highly recommend the Dilaudid. <laughs> you find a crooked doctor, you slip him a honey, I think you're in good shape. Now, you mix that with some booze, I'll bet you're oh, really please. feeling good. Place. Because it took away the worst pain I've ever had in my life completely. Um, but anyway, so it's, uh, I, I'm on my phone on the Mayo Clinic thing, like looking up all this story stuff while I'm laying there. And, uh, the doctor actually said the Mayo Clinic is a good idea. Their website is a good thing. He said, don't look at WebMD. Do not really? look at WebMD. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Hmm. That's what the doctor I have a doctor said. friend who says that one's okay, but, uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Anyway, so it's my, it's my gallbladder. My gallbladder is shot and, um, they're, they don't. Uh, it wasn't an emergency, so, and I don't know, you know, with COVID and everything like that, there's all kinds of uh, various things that are happening with surgeries and scheduling surgeries. But anyway, i got to yeah. get my gallbladder out very soon. Hey, so it's I'm an emergency to... for me. Just because it isn't for you doesn't mean it isn't. <laughs> right. A failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part, except this is the other way around. Jack, gallstones range in size from as small as a grain of sand to as large as a golf ball. Four. The problem is, <laughs> apparently, uh, you get a bunch of fat and grease and stuff like that, like I had a lot of yesterday. So I had potatoes last night, crock-pot potatoes, and I took all these crock-pot potatoes and I mashed them up and just slathered them in butter. And Ooh. I had several helpings of that. And then cornbread with more butter. I think that's what did me in. But anyway, uh, that, and then that stuff, if your gallbladder doesn't work right, if you had a blood cancer like I did anyway, it clogs the ducts, and then and then apparently you writhe in pain on the floor in front of your son is what happens. But uh, So I have to get it out. And the doctor said, until I get it out, zero fat. Zero. Like, not Whoa. low fat, zero fat. So which I that's going to be an interesting diet, and then and then once you don't have a gallbladder anymore, you, your body can't really process that sort of stuff. So you're really rolling the dice. So I may have just stepped into the world of no cheeseburgers or milkshakes or whatever for the rest of my life. I don't know. Wow, for a lot of us that'd be an adjustment, but you know, given your oh, yeah. your predilections, what, what, are, what are my three favorite diet foods? Wise? My kids can rattle off my three favorite foods. Cheeseburger, steak, and gravy. Those are my three favorite foods. I can't eat mm. any of those, I don't think. Anyway, uh, will I be lighter? Will that slim oh, me up, certainly. taking the gallbladder out? What has it got a bit? Wait, 10, 15 pounds, probably? <laughs> I'm not sure that has that big an effect. But, uh, yeah, going forward. So what do you what do you got to eat? Like, uh, like grains and veggies and fruits and stuff I like that? I don't know. I'm not a healthy eating guy. Oh, and, and uh, so everything I read, you're supposed to eat lots of small meals throughout the day. Do not uh, delay your meals. And I said, I said, I know what you're going to say, and I've been putting off telling you this, but I'm an intermittent faster. It's the best diet I've ever been on in my life. I only eat six hours a day. I freaking love it. I was committed to it forever. I've been doing it for like a year and a half. He said, no, absolutely <clears throat> not. So great. I'm going to be 400 pounds. I'm going to be a guy, the only guy you know who eats only fruit but is 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're going to be as regular as the New York train schedule, though. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, wow! So, yeah. Know. Well, for what it's worth, uh, my sweet wife has had a couple of close relatives have similar problems and had to get their gallbladders removed, and 
They seem to, uh, you know, live reasonably happy lives. Oh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't, yeah. It's not I, like you're going to have to, you know, give up your lungs or anything No, 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 like I that. don't think it's a big deal. And the procedure I don't expect to be a big deal at all. Well, as I've said over the many, many years. Oh, yeah, I, hell, if I you, could do it. If you put me under, I don't care what you do. Head transplant, uh, you know, my heart, take out my heart, kick it around the room, put it back in. I don't care what is happening to me as long as I'm asleep. So that has no effect on me. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think it's, uh, the only thing that seems like a big deal is like giving up all my favorite foods. And, like, really have to, not just, like, a suggestion this would be a good idea to lose some weight. No, I I, I will do anything to avoid that pain I was in last night. Gladly. That was wow. freaking, freaking awful. It's called an attack. They call them gallbladder attacks. And it was just, just, it was just horrible. Anyway, so the ER, ER is always uh, enjoyable. And it wasn't very busy until uh, shortly before I left. So I was there from midnight till 6, I guess at the ER and something like that. And, um, uh, there's a guy in there. I never got a chance to see him. I wanted to know what he looked like. Cause I could only hear him. I got, because I came in writhing in pain. I got like my own, like kind of room with a blanket around and stuff like that. Not nice. just out in the hallway. Like, uh, normally I've been, um, but, uh, there was this old guy who kept yelling, you're trying to kill me. You're both trying to kill me. Now there's a bunch of you trying to kill me. One, two, three, four, five of you trying to kill me. There are five of you trying to kill me. Why are you trying to kill me? And he kept this up for, I don't know, 45 minutes till I left. Wow. This rap about how they're trying to kill me. And then he would just yell, ah! Oh, gee, many. <laughs> wow, that's relaxing. They're trying to kill me. I don't think they probably are. It's a bad hospital if they are. <laughs> At, at any uh, point did he say, he is the one who touched my penis? <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me a little of the Aussie yeah. guy with a succulent Chinese meal. It was kind of like that. Yikes. Man, you ER docs and nurses and, and orderlies and all, the stuff you see. I know, I've talked to you uh, at times, heard the stories. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine that life. I don't know how you get used to other people being in so much pain and you're just, uh, you'd have to get used to it, but, but to the idea of, we're, I'm going as fast as I can. Uh, I've seen lots of people in pain. They don't die. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get this going as fast as I can. They, while and while you're in pain, you don't really enjoy their la- what looks like a lack of urgency. I'm sure they're going mm-hmm. as fast as they can, but I don't know if it, get a, a good a, get a look on your face that makes it seem like you care that the person is in pain. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But if you did that all day, you know, every single night for eight hours, it would be tough. Yeah, fake compassion will do. Go with fake compassion. Right. But no, I I can totally see that. No, if I do this in the right way, in the right order, you will get relief sooner. Yeah, yeah. Haste sure makes, makes waste. Sense. You don't want me to miss your 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 veins six times again. Oh, oh that hurt. That Gosh. actually hurt. Um, well, of course it did. Um, what I had one more thing I was gonna say about the gallbladder. Take it out. Uh, the pain, uh, the screaming. Oh, so uh, I went in for back my back on Friday. I went to urgent care. It turns out that was this. Um, yeah, that was this, and I didn't know. Yeah. But anyway, they are asking me, the, what's your pain on a scale of 1 to 10? And I, as I've talked about on this show for years, I don't know how to answer that question. It doesn't make any sense to me. I said to the advisor, is it the worst pain I can imagine? The worst pain I've ever, f- comparing it to what I've felt before? I mean, I don't understand what the scale is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what 10 is. So, right. But tonight, or today, yeah. last night, for the first time ever in my life, they said, on a scale of 10! It's a 10! It's a 10! God damn! Next question! Because <laughs> I had no doubt in my mind. No. This is a 10 for everybody. Holy crap. 
Ay, ay, ay. Oh, aging sucks. Well, no, my my niece had it. If it's a, it's oh, that's good. It can be genetic. You can get it from anything. My niece had it when she was. I have to ask my brother. She was at our family Christmas and ended up writhing in pain. Um, she was still in high school. Um, so it's just one of those things. Is it sometimes lack of character? You just don't <laughs> yes. want to metabolize fats yes. as much as you should. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, oh, my diet is sucks. horrific. I mean, I, you know, I eat a horrific diet. How many times have I said through the years, I'll pray for your colon? Yeah, I pray <laughs> for my gallbladder. Anyway, um, the worst part was my son having to go there. Oh, and he has yeah, so much trauma around the ER already. And he was laying, he was laying in a cot next to me and just kind of like shaking. And I was trying to talk him down. Well, I don't you know. One of those deals. Um, So, Omicron. I tweeted this out yesterday. I watched Face the Nation. They spent the entire flipping hour no. on Omicron. Yes. Oh. The whole hour. You oh, my know God. How many, according to the WHO, you know how many people have died in the entire world from Omicron? Zero. Zero people in the entire world have died from Omicron. Uh, Omicron, oh, for God's sake. I want to talk about the coverage, at least, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. While we're at about 93, 94% of our hospital capacity, only about 15 to 20% of that is COVID. Uh, the rest is everything else under the sun, heart attack, cancer, uh, other routine issues, some of which have been postponed during the pandemic to the detriment of people's health. Sets the governor of Colorado saying 95% of their ICU beds are filled, but only 15% of it's COVID. Yeah, we talked about that briefly earlier, how that's the economic model for ICUs. They want to be sure. mostly full all the time. Um, but so I was pretty surprised to switch on Face Nation yesterday, our newscast on the CBS brand, and the entire flipping hour was about Omicron. And using their, oh my God, the world is coming to an end voice, using their zombie apocalypse voice around Omicron. And I thought, wow. Really? So, like, was it two weeks ago when this story broke? Or Yeah, two weeks ago when the story broke. Okay, everybody overreacted then. I get it. That's fine. It was brand new and exciting and all that. But we have some information now, or we don't We don't have information that it's awful, so why are you using the world's coming, end to, the voice, coming to an end voice? Um, here, here's uh, some stuff for you. None of the cases so far in the U.S. have resulted in serious illness. So nobody's ended up seriously sick in the United States yet. Even though another five cases have been found. Why are you using that tone of voice? Please. I wish somebody would raise their hand and ask him, why are you using that tone of voice? Why is this a big deal? Explain to me why this is a big deal. Not only are there not more serious cases than we'd expect from, say, Delta, there aren't any at all. And the World Health Organization has said that no Omicron cases in the world which have been detected, and they might have missed them, but so far they have no proof that a single person has died. In 38 countries that have the Omicron. Not Mm. a single one. Isn't that amazing? Now, it does seem to spread amazingly easy. We talked last week about a couple of different countries that had their biggest 24-hour periods of cases ever. You always have to get to testing. How many more people are they testing than they were in spring of 2020? 
But in Denmark there, they estimate that Omicron is going to overtake Delta in a matter of weeks. Hmm. It'll be the prevalent one. But, as you and other people have pointed out, that might be great. If it's, might be the best thing ever. If, it's, if it doesn't make you sick. Right. Viruses evolve toward spreading more easily. Because obviously that's greater. They well, the viruses want as many viruses as possible. They're like a nice Catholic family, and uh, the second thing they want is not to kill their hosts. So you kill your host, you can't replicate anymore. So viruses trend in the direction of transmissibility, but survivability could be. This is a big step in that direction. And yeah. hallelujah, that's great. On the other side of it, though, a lot of people are wrong about this. It's just a math thing. If it's the same deadliness as Delta, it doesn't have to be worse. If it's mm-hmm. the same as Delta but spreads a lot easier, that will kill way more people than Delta would. Right, it's particularly just, given that uh, there are significant numbers of breakthrough cases, even with folks uh, with uh, the uh, the vaccination. I liked on Face the Nation how many guests said, but there's no reason to panic. You're spending the entire hour on a disease that hasn't killed one human on the planet. Right. It could be closer to a severe cold than it is the Delta variant, for instance, but you're hammering it and it just the clicks are everywhere. It's clickbait. It's eye bait. It's just so dishonest. Are we going to look at a tsunami of wokeness to kick off hour three? Coming up, Jack, a tsunami of wokeness. If you <laughs> miss it, get the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.